Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources on a Monday. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and uh, really thrilled to have uh, socially distanced on the far side of the, uh, what do we call this big island thing in the middle of the studio, uh, Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News, or as we like to refer to him, King of News Guy, or Kong for short. you got to stop saying that. <laughs> I just do it for your family. Yeah. Uh, but Doug is one of the, the great uh, journalistic minds uh, anywhere in the country, and uh, we're very fortunate to have him here at the Deseret News. Uh, so, Doug, thanks for joining us first. And uh, you had a great piece inside the newsroom uh, over the weekend. Uh, and I'm going to let you tee it up for us. The, but the premise was, are reporters asking the right questions? Well, this actually came from um, your conversation with Newt Gingrich, who was talking to you from Rome um, and you did a, uh, a podcast with him, and he kind of took a shot at the media. He said the pattern of the news media makes it harder for all of us to find a way to make practical common sense out of what we're experiencing. And I thought about that, and then he kind of went a little further, and he says that the media is going for the dumbest and lowest quality question. That's a quote mm-hmm. from him, um, as though it makes any sense. So, you know, in the media, you can discount criticism or say, oh, well, he's, you know, um, on, on the far right or whatever you want to do. But yeah. he is a good, strong, critical thinker. And it's worth exploring whether we are asking the right questions. And quite frankly, I think we're asking some good questions, mm-hmm. but often they don't go far enough and we need to um, to ask a better question. And I think Scott Rasmussen's yeah. poll numbers reflect that. Yeah, I, I think getting beyond the, the headlines, it's so easy for us, especially as consumers of news, uh, especially in a pandemic, it's so easy to just skim across the surface or to just read the headline or to just, you know, watch it flash up on your, your TV or computer screen of, you know, this data or that data. Uh, it's really incumbent on us to to ask the secondary question or the, the better question. What are some of those questions you think we should be asking? Well, I think you can reflect it this way. Um, uh, CNN used to do a counter where it would look at put up a map of the United States and it would show – um, which states have not done a mandatory stay-at-home order. Right. Okay, and so Utah was up there. And it and so the media would give the perception that, wow, Utah is not getting on board, as are these – and these other eight states aren't getting on board either. But it wasn't about a mandatory stay-at-home yeah. order. It was about behavior. Mm. It's what are the behaviors that are needed 
to overcome the virus, to be successful, to flatten the curve. And so the question needed to be about behavior. And mm -hmm. finally, CNN kind of stopped that approach. And we went into this behavior model because states here in the West, Utah among them, were doing well. Yeah. So then you ask the question, you know, what is happening? And that's where I think we've had some learning. Yeah, I think that's so uh, so important. I, I was getting I was getting a number of texts every single day from colleagues in the East saying, how come Utah's not on board with this? How come Utah's being so reckless? I go, well, wait, wait a minute. Uh, we all we needed in Utah was a directive, <laughs> and the people jumped on board and uh, and started to do the behavior, as you said. And I would I would say the same thing about care facilities. So, for example, um, you know, there's been tremendous loss in uh, in nursing homes and care facilities, and so one question you ask is why, but there is a better question, and the better question is, is there a better way to care for the elderly? Um, should you abandon care facilities altogether? Should you put that money to having people in their own homes, uh, supporting a family? Uh, is respite care something that needs to be higher? Yeah. So if you look at the heart of it, education is another one. You know, people are getting educated within three or four hours, you know, families that are intact. Others are having zero home education. But is this the time to say, look, it's the year 2020, we have to totally change the education model, and this can spur us toward that? These are the bigger questions that we need to ask. Yeah, I think those are, those are so important. And, and it's so easy, especially in a, in a pandemic or in a crisis situation, you just start, uh, everyone kind of goes to their corners and we're just kind of button heads in terms of what we're against, uh, as opposed to those deeper questions, which ultimately lead us to the kinds of things that we're for. Oh, there's no question. I mean, even looking at ventilators, we, we concentrated on masks and ventilators. But a really good question is, does America have the infrastructure to get the masks and the ventilators to the places that are um, uh, most acutely in need? And we kind of got to that question, but we spent a lot of time kind of talking back and forth um, about the why. You need yeah. to ask why. You need to ask what but then get beyond it and really get to the heart of the questions. Yeah, and I think, uh, especially for our listeners, I think it's important uh, as you as you start looking seriously at candidates. Uh, we've got a primary coming up June 30th. Obviously, there's a, a high-profile governor's race going on. But there's a host of other races that are important as well, and I think too often we don't ask those better questions uh, of our candidates. Um, I think that's right. And the candidates in, in every race, uh, they're going to come out of this. And let's say in January, you know, they get sworn in. Well, what's the state of the economy in Utah in January? Yeah. And are there policies that need to be put in place? Um, and then what is our personal responsibility as voters? You know, we talk about uh, Joe Biden and President Trump as the two candidates. And people are at some are saying, well, are these the two best candidates we can have going forward? A better question might be, why is only half of the nation motivated to vote? What can we do? What are we doing wrong? So yeah. uh, there's plenty of work still for all of us to do. Yeah, that, and that is such a great question because sometimes we we do uh, and we have over the last couple of cycles of, you know, we've, we've heard over and over the lesser of two evils well, or I'm going to vote for this instead of that. Uh, but that better question is. Why is that? Why are only half of the people actually showing up and participating in the process? Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't pretend to think that the answers are easy, but certainly if we don't ask the question, we're never going to get the answer. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's so indicative from a, from a journalistic uh, point of view. Uh, you know, we did have another little controversy over the weekend uh, with Chuck Todd and some editing that took place on uh, Meet the Press. Uh, 
and again, I, I think sometimes sometimes that happens in a, in an edit process. Sometimes it happens uh, to make a point. Uh, but again, often those kind, even that kind of controversy, uh, prevents us from getting to the better question. Yeah, and that was you know we've worked with Chuck Todd. We know him um, here at KSL. KSL is an NBC affiliate. He is uh, trying to uh, move quickly and move forward. It's, I mean, it's it's unconscionable to to give a false impression, right? That's a journalistic sin. Um, NBC accounted for that today, but because we're in such a partisan you know state, people will kind of choose sides there. Yeah. But the point of fact is, we have to be strong and give the best information possible, and NBC needs to do that. Yeah, and I think I, just to take that one step further, because to me, it's less it's less about Chuck Todd and NBC or the president, uh, but it's more it's more a we the people issue of what is the better question and what should we be talking about? Have we allowed the partisanship and the extremes of, of both ends of the political political scale prevent us from actually having the real conversations uh, with the better questions? Yeah, and I think, um, again, taking it back to Newt Gingrich, which is where this all started with this conversation, I don't agree with everything he said. I think journalists are taking it very seriously. <clears throat> but he's sitting there in Rome where he's been you know, under a lockdown for 10 weeks. Right. It's worth listening to people on the left, people on the right, people in the middle, and seeing if at this time we can collectively come up with some solutions for uh, you know, a better America when we come out. And that... That comes to a value-based property. What are the values yeah. we really honor? And I know you've written a lot about that. So, Yeah, yeah great, great stuff. Doug Wilkes, uh, editor of the Deseret News. Always appreciate Doug's uh, insight as the king of news guy. We'll keep that <laughs> moniker rolling. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's good for America, Doug. Trust me. Yeah. Well, it's good to be on here with you. I know where you are between 11 and 12 every day. So That's good. Yeah, that is the one thing that we do know is this is where I will be. And, uh, and it is really important, uh, as we talked about. And this was actually a really... Uh, we talk about people who give you energy back. It was uh, a highlight of my weekend was actually having this conversation with Doug uh, that we often have. Uh, and we want to give you that behind the scenes. This is what happens in the newsroom. And, and sometimes it is just a conversation about ideas and principles. And, uh, and we kind of got to this point of, you know, asking the question, the right question is, is really critical, but also having the courage to listen to the response is the other part of that equation. Yeah, and I would encourage uh, people to, to, to listen to the podcast uh, um, with Newt Gingrich that you did or read the transcript on Deseret.com, um, but also uh, kind of the historical perspective from Ronald Reagan on where yeah. you know you see what's happened in the country since that time. And that's a lot of years ago now, but it's still very relevant. Yeah, very relevant. A lot of great lessons there. Doug, thanks for being one of those energy return guys uh, for us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug Boyd. Wilkes from the Deseret News. All right, we'll go ahead and step aside. When we come back, if you must speak, I got an answer for you of what you should always do when you must speak. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? 
in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.